right. All right. Hello. That's Sarah. That's Emily. And this is Lightweight True Crime. lemon was on the top <laughs> what is this cocktail called this oh, is this was not a good i should not have had chocolate and then that Ooh, that was yeah a bad and peanut butter <clears throat> excuse me poor else this is called a white lady cocktail perfect um it is gin and orange liquor we got orange liqueur. yeah orange liqueur <laughs> and lemon lemon juice and i put the whole lemon in these too because like I squeezed the lemon and then just threw it in there because it looks fancy. It's good. It's good. It's nice. It's a pretty shade of yellow. Thank you. Yeah. Looks like somebody who's very well hydrated. Mmm, <laughs> delicious. Mm. That's what makes me want to drink um, this. Um, update: We're up to eighty-two Instagram followers. Oh dang! I, I really haven't even looked. I really like by the end of the month want to hit a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Tell your friends to follow yeah. us. Tell them all. We have more listeners than we do have followers on Instagram. And I feel like that's just unexpected to me. Yeah. And apparently we've got a big following in the Netherlands. Yeah. Seriously. Shout out to the Netherlands. Shout out to the Netherlands. We'll come. We'll start our first tour there. Yeah. What language do they speak there? Norwegian. Oh, hold on. I'm going to look it up. Wouldn't that be Norway? Oh, Emily. A Netherlands language. Um, I this is actually my Dutch. Okay, there you go. What? Um, oh, lang- the Wait. official language is Dutch. Um, this I'm sorry. I must be like, I sound really stupid. What is Amsterdam in the Netherlands? Amsterdam is. <laughs> this is gonna make me sound so s- stupid too. The <laughs> Netherlands. Ryan, cut this out. Yeah, cut it all out because. I've like we both have master's degrees. I don't. Is a country the Netherlands, informally Holland, is a country in oh, northwestern yeah. Europe with some overseas territories in the Caribbean. Okay. So <sighs> the capital of the Netherlands is Amsterdam. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. I always thought that the Netherlands were up by like Sweden and Norway. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be able to point to them on a map, but that's because I'm a I dumb American. Know. It's I th- it's because Growing up, it was always Holland. Right. Well, so it's that's yeah. It's also known as Holland. Yeah. Yeah. But like nobody calls it Holland anymore. Now it's I guess Netherlands. Not. Um, I don't know. I have like my like great time six grandfather was uh he was Doctor uh Brentano, I think he was Doctor Joseph Brentano, and he came to the United States and. Or he immigrated to the United States, and I found a few years ago his medical degree from a medical school in the Netherlands. Whoa! Out in the barn, just yeah. hanging out in the barn. Like That's it nuts. was not put anywhere where it was like anyone was showing it any kind of respect. Yeah. It was like in a drawer. Oh my gosh! Um, but yeah, okay. I'm looking at the Netherlands now. It is to the north of Belgium, to the uh, west of Germany. I see you. I see you. Okay, I feel better about awesome. This now. Well, good well, talk. We love you, Netherlands. Yeah, seriously, sorry that we just bastardized all that information. I know, about your seriously. 
we are very sorry well but. like why did you go from being holland to the netherlands that's just really <laughs> it's confusing. probably something they all took a vote on i mean uh and also today i think was the first official day that um england left or the united kingdom oh. left the eu so democracy died in the United States with the Senate cover up of Donald yeah. Trump's crimes and uh, the United Kingdom left the EU. So we are just counting down to the apocalypse. I can't wait. But maybe our listeners in Netherlands will let us stay with them. Seriously. Can we come live with you guys? I bet they have great health care. I bet they have a lot of great hiding spots Civil too. discourse. No, in like houses and stuff. Because like that's where Anne Frank was. Was she in the... She was in, in. She was in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam. She was in Holland. Oh, well, I, I, it's been a minute since I've read the Diary of Anne Frank. So we're really covering some ground yeah. here um, at the beginning of our podcast. Yeah. Um, but thank you for being with us. This is the podcast where two girls share a drink and a yes. story. And I was thinking we should probably do some kind of disclaimer at the beginning. The story I'm about to tell got me thinking like I should warn people that okay. if you're sensitive, okay, leave yeah, now. That's fair. I mean, probably if you're sensitive, you shouldn't be listening to our true crime podcast. But yeah, um, but fair I enough. Feel like an extra warning is always yeah. good. So tell me your story, Em. Yeah. So I'm gonna tell you the story of Jeannie Wiley, also known as the Feral Child. Oh. So. This story has a lot of not so fun childhood stuff coming up. So if you're triggered by child abuse or anything like that, you can leave now and we won't be offended. We will not be mad. Or just like hit that forward button for a while until you get to Sarah's story because I think hers is going to be better and have a happy ending. See, you always or, you always paint my ending story as like silver the silver lining story, and then I tell well, a terrible story about child abuse with like one happy thing. It'll you I know think twi- this is the second <laughs> time that I've done that, and it's because you've said I'll go last because mine has a resolution. Sure, let's resolution. Resolution okay. is different than like got it. A positive Reader's Digest story, but yes, I'm Fine. with you. I'm with you. I'm gonna take a nice big drink okay, so I can perfect. get through this Please. story. This is real good. I'm into it. Tell me everything. Okay. So I first heard about this story in a sociology class. And you'll see why. But this is kind of the story that like got me into sociology too. Okay. And I'll just come back to that later. I don't want to give anything away. So Jeannie Wiley is a pseudonym for the girl's name. So her name actually isn't Jeannie Wiley. But they keep everybody's name anonymous in this story for good reason. So... Jeannie was born in Arcadia, which is like 12 miles. Oh, wow. This is real close. North of downtown. Yeah. So it's like, I want to say it's near Pasadena. It is near Pasadena. Okay. It's near Pasadena. So she was born there in 1957. Um, And when she was almost two, her father began keeping her locked in a room with no contact to anyone ever. Um, And so that's kind of just like what this story is about i'm gonna start chronologically from Jeannie's parents and then we'll go all the way to the end because i feel like that's the easiest way to tell this story so um since they don't give away Jeannie's parents names i don't want to keep saying like Jeannie's mom Jeannie's dad so we're gonna call them mary and joseph for now mary and joseph it's very mm-hmm. biblical of you did i just unplug your computer no oh um, i don't I don't think so. I, oh, yeah, you did. But it's oh. okay. I have a better charge now. Don't worry about it. Are you sure? Yeah. I'll plug it back in when I'm done. No, no, you're fine. Okay. So Mary was from Oklahoma um, and her family came over to California to flee the Dust Bowl. 
Um, and Joseph was from the Pacific Northwest. And his father died when he was super young because he was struck by lightning, which like, wow. I should have looked up the odds on that because it's like terrible. So luck. rare. Um, and his mom ran a brothel out of their house. And so he like never really saw his mom. And he was born, well, he was born and then given what he described as a feminine first name. And he really resented his mom for that. Um, and so like looking back on the whole story and everything, like everyone basically says like, this is what all of his anger stems from is this feminine is name a feminine that he's name. given. I'm sorry if your masculinity is so fragile that you yep. become what I assume is a terrible person by the mm-hmm. beginnings of this story because you thought your name was too yep. feminine. It's not the name. That's the problem. Anyway, no, nope. keep going. No, he actually turns out to be a really great guy. Oh, does, does he yeah, solve? Yeah. No. Um, and when he became an adult, he changed his name and his mom immediately like started paying attention to him and like wanting to spend all this time with him. And so Joseph became like weirdly obsessed with his mom and like didn't care about any other relationships. So like he got married and like w- preferred his mom over his wife. Like he would do anything for his mom's like affection and attention. Um, and then by the time that Jeannie was born, her mom was like essentially blind because of a childhood injury, but mostly because Joseph beat her so bad okay. that she went blind. All right. So this is just kind of it's not laying a good the start baseline. The world. So Joseph and Mary get married and Joseph despises children because he didn't have a good childhood because of his name or whatever. So he doesn't want kids. But this is like the 50s yeah this late is, 40s early 50s so birth control was non-existent yeah if not just like beginning to yeah be rolled out yeah and they were pretty poor so they didn't have access to any form of birth control that may have been available and i wrote here like mary ends up getting pregnant because joseph doesn't seem like the kind of guy to pull out <gasps> <laughs> just from everything we know about him so far or to suggest i'll wear a condom exactly yeah, yeah. That seems like a fair assessment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, when she gets pregnant, Joseph would beat her so bad that it was theorized that he was trying to cause a miscarriage. It's terrible. He even tries to strangle Mary to death to end the pregnancy. Um, even through all of that, she ends up giving birth to a baby girl. Um, and when she cries, Joseph is so disturbed by the crying that he puts her out in the garage where she gets pneumonia and dies at 10 weeks old. <gasps> oh my gosh. I know. And then about a year later, Mary gives birth to another son. Um, and Joseph forced Mary to keep him quiet, which caused a lot of developmental delays. Um, and then, um, hold on. I just lost my place. And then, oh, wait. I take that back. Okay. That was a description about Jeannie. So about a year later, Mary gives birth to a son and he's diagnosed with this thing called RH incompatibility, which I really tried so hard to like research it and figure out what it is. Uh, It's some kind of blood thing, but all of her kids end up having it, but it doesn't, it's like not an issue in other kids. Hmm. So I don't know what it is or anything. If you know what it is, let us know. So this son has this RH incompatibility and he ends up dying when he's only two days old. Mm. Five years later, 
Mary gives birth to another son. And this... I'm sorry, is Jeannie born? Was she... Jeannie's not born yet. She's not born yet. Okay. Yeah. So... This is the kid who Joseph forces Mary to keep quiet, which causes a lot of developmental delays. I just skipped ahead a couple lines. Um, And then Mary's mom becomes concerned with the baby's developmental delays. So she kind of takes him for a couple months and takes care of him. And she sees a lot of progress Mm -hmm. when she's staying, when he is staying with her. So she gives the son back. Um, and then about five years later, Jeannie is born. So the grandma gave the son back to the yeah, mom? Okay. Yeah. Um, and he, he, you know, he made some good progress developmentally, but still is, you know, living in a house that's clearly not a safe space. So then Jeannie's born. And at this time, Joseph starts to, like, isolate the whole family from society. He starts to get, like, super paranoid, probably has some kind of schizophrenia or schizophrenia schizo something or other i'm not a psychologist um and at her three-month checkup the doctors noticed that her hip was dislocated which they said can be like a congenital issue so she has to wear this like splint thing and so she's three months old so it kind of keeps her from like being able to like develop like crawling skills or later walking skills because she has to wear this splint thing until she's 11 months old and so she didn't learn to walk or really crawl or anything so she's not very mobile and so her dad joseph thinks that it's because she has intellectual disability which was formerly known as mental retardation which all the articles and stuff say mental retardation but that is no longer pc no longer what we say so he thinks that she has intellectual disability So he decides to like ostracize her from the family and no Mm. one is allowed to talk to her at all. Um, And at 14 months, she has a fever and they take her to the doctor. And it's not clear if like the family asked the doctor like, hey, does she have intellectual disability or if the doctor just came out and said it. But the doctor says, I can't say for sure, but it's very possible that she has intellectual disability or a brain dysfunction called kernicterus. Or maybe you're just neglecting her so right. hard, of course, she doesn't have any language exactly. skills Exactly. So around this time, Joseph's mom dies in a hit and run while she's on a whack, on a, on a whack, on while a whack? she's on a walk with Jeannie's older brother. Oh my gosh, there's a lot of tragedy in this family. Lots of tragedy. And remember, Joseph is like obsessed with his mom. So... Joseph goes into what they called a delusional rage and he holds his six-year-old son responsible for this. Sure. That makes because, sense. Because yeah, because he was with her mm-hmm. when this happened. And then the, the truck driver who was actually responsible for it was only given probation. And so this got Joseph so mad because he was like, all right, we can't trust society. Society failed us. They didn't give this guy a just punishment. We're going to, we're just going to leave. We're going to get, go way into isolation. So they move like to this really remote spot so that like the neighbors don't even really know that they exist. They're like so far away from people and they like never leave their house. Um, Jeannie's older brother is only allowed to leave to go to school. So he like gets on the school bus and has to come right home and gets in trouble if he's like a minute late. Um, so at this point, the house has a back room and like the front of the house. So Joseph puts Jeannie in the back room and everyone else just basically lives in the living room and no one is allowed to go back there with Jeannie. And part of this is that he is like dead set that she has intellectual disability. 
So he is thinking I'm protecting her from the world. Like I have to extra protect her because the world fails us. And this is the best way to do it. So the best way to do this that he thinks. And again, if you are squeamish or triggered about any kind of child abuse, feel free to leave or skip. So Joseph ends up, he harnesses her to like a toddler toilet, but she's also wearing a diaper and she can't like move like basically at all. And that's where she is during the day. And then at night, he ties her into a sleeping bag and puts her in the crib. And then there's like a metal screen on top of the crib. And this is until the day she's 13. He does this. And if she makes noises, he would either beat her or he'd growl and scratch her as if he was a dog. Oh my gosh. And looking back at this, because this case is like super scrutinized by all kinds of scientists it's believed that he acts like a dog to her because in his mind, he's her guard dog. Wow. Because like, like I said, in his twisted, twisted mind, he's trying to protect her from the world, wow. but he's obviously just making it worse. Yeah. Um, he refuses to feed her solid food and he only gives her baby food because in his mind, she's a baby, even though, you know, gets to the point where she's 13. And this is the only time that Mary was allowed to see her, but she wasn't allowed to feed her. So she was allowed to like come into the room, but she wasn't allowed to talk to her, have any contact with her. So now we get to the sort of not happy ending. We get to the end of it, the end of all the horrid horribleness in October of 1970, Mary and Joseph get into a very violent argument where Mary threatens to leave if Joseph doesn't allow her to call her parents. So he eventually caves and let Mary call her parents. But later that day, when Joseph is out of the house for whatever reason, and the older brother has already run away and is 18 and he's living on his own, Mary takes Jeannie um, to Monterey Park where her parents live. Also not that far from here. Right. Also very close. Um And so Mary and Jeannie are now living with Mary's parents. And so Mary goes to apply for disability benefits for the blind. And so she's going to the office for that. And right next to that office is social services. And she, because she can't see very well, accidentally walks into social services. And the social worker who was in there immediately knew something was wrong. Um, Because she could just like tell that like they were dirty. They were really skinny. Um, and she goes to ask Mary, like, oh, how old is your daughter? Thinking like, oh, she's six. And, Ma- and Mary goes, she's 13. And immediately the social worker said, okay, BRB. She called the police. They immediately came, admitted them both to the hospital. And when Joseph finds out that they're in the hospital, he kills himself. Um, and at this point, like police and everybody are like, cool, we don't really care about this Joseph guy right now. We will look into him later. We're going to focus on Jeannie and her mom and try and get them healthy back to normal. Um, and Mary ends up dying of old age, like super late, I think in like 2008 or something. So she lived until she was pretty old. Okay. Jeannie, according to an anonymous um, private detective somebody hired a private investigator to find her anonymously so that like find her after social services found her what are we sorry t- sorry this what? is like 
after so, this so, is like recently this so is like in the past few social years social services took custody custody of Correct. the kids yeah the guy the dad killed himself mom didn't have custody was really involved but like obviously couldn't have Probably wasn't stable yeah wasn't okay. stable enough she was like in and out of different facilities or whatever but was always like in contact and i think for the majority of genie's life had custody but genie would live in different foster homes for a while um she was like studied for a long time and there was a lot of controversy over whether it was like okay to basically study this girl because Mm. she became the case study for like okay we have this 13 year old girl who has no language skills we can literally watch how she learns how to talk and how she learns how to communicate and so she's basically basically became the case study and i have this written down later is that like she becomes a case study for almost every single field basically like Mm. medicine sociology linguistics psychology yeah everybody wanted you know to figure her out and like watch her and her progress um so like recently in the past few years i think it said 2014 but i don't remember i should have written it down um somebody just wanted to like make sure that she was okay um so they like hired a private investigator to just like find her and report back like yeah she's good Um, so he found her, she was living in a private facility for underdeveloped adults and she was living a very happy and simplistic life. So I guess it's kind of a happy ending because she kind of gets, you know, she's living at the very least happy life from that. Exactly. She's free from the house. Her dad is gone. Yeah. At this point, her mom is gone. I don't think her brother had had any contact either. I read that like he was living in idaho and he was at least somewhat like you know independent and living a healthy life obviously like he went through so much trauma yeah um but he wasn't around when like all of this went down so he wasn't like immediately like put in the hospital and given all the same care as Jeannie and her yeah. mom were um and there's like i'm i really only covered like the very beginning because there's so much more like after she gets rescued like all of the studies and everything are crazy. There's, I think TLC has a documentary on it. it. Yeah. yeah. That's the story is so awful and so intriguing that like, it's no wonder that all of these different like fields wanted to like go in and like help her, but also like get data and information for their yeah. field. Um, but yeah, that's the horrific story of Jeannie Wiley wow I know um I googled while you were talking Uh I think it's important to mention if you are in any type of abusive situation you can go to thehotline.org which is the national domestic violence hotline and you can 24 7 365 with you don't have to give your name. There's no fees. You can chat online with oh, uh, nice. with someone who can help you. You can also call uh, 1-800-799-7233. There's people available to speak in English or Spanish. And my, my guess would be uh, like a lot of different yeah. languages. Um, yeah. So that's really important. Uh, so 1-800-799-7233 or thehotline.org. Yes. I think it's really like it's... So my story has to do with like 
emotional abuse. And mm. so I've been thinking I was going to mention that, that, oh, that number perfect. In, in line anyway, because like, obviously the story that you just told is like this horrific physical yeah. abuse and neglect. Um, and so I think sometimes we think that the only type of abuse that there right. is like is that type when there's so many others yeah. right like so we should probably do a shout out to the podcast that you did you finish yeah. season one do you want to talk about that I for think a I did so something was wrong is a podcast that I was listening to and I was telling you that you should listen to season two okay um I couldn't I couldn't listen to season one I was too triggered by it but yeah yeah I can listen to things about gruesome murders but I couldn't listen no to no that, if it's way too personal if the main character's name is your is name, my name and find somebody on hinge who's a, who's manipul- a christian who's a manipulative boyfriend yeah but yeah so kind of talk about so what is the yeah i don't want to give too much away because i don't remember what is given away in the first episode but essentially it's this girl who meets like the perfect guy on hinge he's a christian he's super nice super charismatic like super respectful to her family and to herself and is like seemingly like so down to earth and like you know, it's just right away, like, hey, I'm in it for the real thing. Like, I really want to get to know you. I'm, like, serious about this. I'm not trying to, like, play games or whatever. And she's kind of skeptical at first because on the first few dates, he's like, I'm going to buy you a piano and all this stuff. But then she just sees how, like, nice he is and how much he loves her. And, like, the whole time he's very much like, I just want to bring you closer to Jesus and, like, we're on the spiritual journey together or whatever like that. And if, like, if you grew up in a church or are part of any kind of Christian community like that kind of stuff can be super like um persuasive yeah I was gonna say hypnotizing oh yeah no (laughs) you get seduced by it yeah totally like just if somebody is saying like oh my intentions are to lead you closer to Jesus or whatever you believe like whatever they say and whatever they do because they're like oh they have the best intentions and it's just the story of like how like their relationship develops and how like he's not exactly what he seems to be basically it's super interesting super intriguing go listen to it it's called something was wrong something was wrong season two is really good too she gives it away on the first episode so i'll say this it's about a friend who finds out that her so the the lady so t finds out that her friend has munchausen's and munchausen's by proxy wow after like four years wow so that one is super nuts so both seasons are really great awesome yeah yeah so i think it's important to talk about like emotional manipulation and yeah because it can be just as damaging and just as hard to walk away right which is what in in something was wrong the host tiffany at like the beginning and the end of most of the episodes like reads a little like quote from like either one of like the books that she's read in like preparation for this season so like she has a bunch of books on like emotional abuse and like abusers and things like that or from like the dsm5 i think that's the one that's out now yeah i think you're right um about like um like sociopath and like um other like narcissism and things like that and how those things are kind of connected to like narcissists tend to be really manipulative and emotionally abusive and these are the signs and because a lot of them are things that like you don't really think about they're things like can guilt you by Mm -hmm. saying something a certain way yeah and it's like just crazy yeah and something we need to talk about more yeah and like be better 
better like able to see yeah and especially see it in other people because it's so hard to see when you're in that relationship yeah yeah so like and to be the type of friends and like loved ones who would be able to see things yeah. like that and help someone see yeah. it okay okay are you ready for this doozy no i have to give major cred to jessica testa who wrote a buzzfeed article about oh, this nice. story that is magnificent nice. you should honestly like all my information is drawn from this nice um because she wrote just the most incredible article buzzfeed jessica testa this is the story of michelle hadley seriously go give this author her props cool here we go so in the summer of 2016 michelle hadley a 29 year old graduate student arrived home from a date parking in her quiet neighborhood in Ontario, California, <gasps> not that far from us, to find police officers waiting for her in her driveway. Weird. So in her driveway, officers tell her that they have a warrant to search her phone and her computer. Not long after she handed her devices over, Michelle was placed in handcuffs <gasps> and transferred to an Anaheim detention what? facility. Oh, yeah. Just buckle up. So Michelle is still in the short sleeve black dress that she went on this date in right date outfit while she's sobbing in this anaheim jail yeah she's shaken obviously you okay there (laughs) yeah i'm sorry i was trying to adjust (laughs) and just made like so much noise this drink is really strong (laughs) good thing you're at your house so yeah she's in her date outfit she's sobbing in this jail cell she's freaked out obviously but she's also confident that she didn't do what police say she did and that like yeah this is really bad but it's all going to get sorted yeah. out because she didn't do it. So police told her that she was under arrest for sending threatening emails to her ex-boyfriend, Ian, D- Ian Diaz, sending threatening emails to Ian Diaz's new wife, <gasps> as well as posting, quote, rape fantasy, end quote, ads on Craigslist what? in this woman's name, <gasps> which had led men to showing up to... His Their new house? wife's house and trying to attack her. <gasps> That's like an SVU episode. Legit. Yeah. No. No. I, is uh, is yeah. I think it's actually. actually like, m- there's multiple with like kind of that same story. Yeah. Line. So the charges against Michelle were attempted forcible rape, first degree burglary, and stalking. Her bail Yikes. was set at one million dollars, <gasps> and if she was found guilty, she faced up to life in prison. Holy crap! Obviously, this case had everything. Uh, and like crazy ex-girlfriend stalking craigslist right every good story needs craigslist every good story and it quickly made national and international headlines particularly because people love nothing than more than a good crazy ex-girlfriend story oh totally it makes me think of that bit that um oh what is that comedian uh childish gambino what's his name yeah. Okay. He's on community. Uh, Don Glover. Don Glover. Yes. I always think because he has a bit where his name is Don Glover. Yes. Don Glover. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so he has this bit where he's like, do you ever notice how every guy has a story about a crazy ex-girlfriend, but girls don't because if they have a crazy ex-boyfriend, they're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like oh it's God. It's like, oh I forgot yeah. about that bit. That's actually super yeah. true. So like people love it. And so a direct quote from the article, women suspected of crimes, whether innocent or guilty, have long been painted in courtrooms and the media as unhinged, motivated most often by relationship drama. If they're not the vengeful ex, they're the temptress 
the temptress mistress, which like there's a lot to unpack there yeah. in terms of feminist theory. So, okay. How did this all get started? Well, Angela Diaz, Michelle's ex-boyfriend's new wife, had started receiving uh-huh. threatening emails in May of 2016, a few months before Michelle was arrested. Okay. Tracking. Yeah. So on May 29th, Angela gets this email that says, I hope you are scared to death tomorrow. Be prepared. Don't sleep. And we will. Oh, but she's pregnant, by the way. Angela Diaz okay, is pregnant. Okay, okay, okay. We will steal your child and we will watch it die. Oh, my God. Yeah. Also, quote, you are a piece of shit and I hope to God you burn for what you have done to us. So that's us? disturbing. I, yeah, that's uh, disturbing, to say the least. May 31st. You deserve nothing but a life of lonely torture, and I have ways to hurt you. There is no place you'll be safe anymore. June 1st. You might be beautiful. You might be the one he married, but you are still a sinner and must be punished. I will make sure you are reminded of your place. We're all sinners, honey. (laughs) Basic theology. June 2nd. I know you are leaving work. I watch as you walk. Let's play a game. Yikes. The let's play a game is so... gives me the shivers. So these emails keep coming for weeks, sent from different email addresses belonging to Michelle Hadley. And also during the same time, an ad went up on Craigslist posing as Angela looking for a rape Rape fantasy fantasy partner, asking for a man to quote unquote attack her while she was out in public um, and provided her address. Oh my gosh. So... On June 24th of 2016, Angela calls 911 to report that she'd been ambushed in her garage by one of these men who'd seen the ad on Facebook. And a few hours later, the police arrest Michelle, saying that she had sent the threatening emails as well as placed the ad on Craigslist. That's so... Why would you do that to somebody? It's so bananas, right? So, bit of background on Michelle and Ian's relationship. Okay. So, Michelle had met Ian, who Ian Diaz is a 35-year-old U.S. Marshal. They'd met on a dating site in 2015. They fell hard and fast for each other and quickly moved in together. But it didn't take long for Ian's control issues to emerge. Uh Uh-oh. He wanted Michelle to dress sexier, to have her nails done all the time, to get her belly button pierced. That doesn't seem like the typical stuff that controlling men want. Like, usually they're like, don't be be so scandalous. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's about the control. It's not about the actual thing that's being controlled. It's true. She said he pressured her to take a $20,000 pay cut to leave her job for a marketing position at Disneyland, which is where he had formerly worked. And she suspected it was because, um, so his old uh, coworkers could keep an eye on her. And he would be able to know what she was doing all the time. She suspected that he was monitoring her activity online and potentially tracking her car, but she wanted to make him happy. And thought this was the only way to keep the relationship <sighs> Also, I think it's important to note that if you go to thehotline.org, mm-hmm. there is a way for you to like chat with someone that doesn't leave in, like a browser history. Yeah. Also, like if you have Google Chrome, you can open an incognito window, mm-hmm. which like super crazy hackers can probably get to. Yeah. But like average Joe can't pull up that history. Probably not. Also... Zero judgment here for Michelle, who, you know, wanted to make him happy and thought this was the only way to oh, keep the absolutely. relationship going. Because we've all been dumb and in love. And also, like, manipulators are very, very good at what exactly. they do. And we all can sit here and think, I would never put up with this. But it is actually, like, 
I, yeah. I still think she's a really smart, like intelligent woman. Um, but we need to better prepare people to right. like, recognize these signs, recognize these things as abuse and like have what it takes to get out. Right. And like, I'm the strongest, most independent woman I know. And I fell for it. Not Ryan. Not. Gosh, I'm so glad to hear Just, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it happens to yeah. smart women. And, um, we need to talk about this more yeah. so that like people can recognize the signs. And if someone is trying to isolate you from the people that you love, then you Red need to get flag. out. Red freaking flag. You need to talk to people that you trust. And you know what? It'll probably take a few times because most women yeah. have to leave seven times Dang. before it sticks. You know what? And if you need to DM us, DM us. Seriously. Seriously. We will come pick you up. Yeah. We will arrange. Just DM yeah. us your address and we'll get you. Or just say, I need help. And if we don't live close by we'll send you or just send us a code word send us a code word we'll send you the code a, word is <laughs> perhaps we've rabbit trailed a bit there <laughs> but we will help you get help that's yeah. close to you so okay so despite all of this when ian proposes to her she says yes so and she had like had red flags at the time oh yeah yeah she was okay like, we th- i think he's monitoring my activity online Got it. he's tracking but my she wasn't car. like was she like not concerned about it or was she, she kind of like concerned about it but she was just i love him you know this is yeah. what i want so after they get engaged ian starts telling her that he wanted her to have sex with other men while he watched Ooh, to which she, that's weird yeah so she says no way and if you and if you keep asking me i'm gonna leave Nice. This doesn't deter him. And eventually, while she was under the influence of cold medicine and too much fireball, like she had taken cold medicine because she had a cold and she was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to be drunk. She and she did. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not like he drugged her, but like she had to be under the the influence. She gives in and she lets Ian film her having sex with a man he found on Craigslist, (sighs) which is so awful and manipulative and abusive i hardly have words for it so the next morning she wakes up and she's horrified by what she's done yeah what her fiance had coerced her to do exactly and she begs ian to destroy the tape yeah and according to michelle his only response was no one put a gun to your head (sighs) i hate that he's a u.s marshal he's the worst he's the actual worst he's the devil in human skin So, um, they're engaged and that summer they buy a condo together in Anaheim and from here things (sighs) only got worse and Ian began to physically intimidate and at times abuse Michelle, pulling his car over on the side of the freeway and telling her to get out. Oh my gosh. Pinning her down on their bed during a fight when she tried to leave and screaming at her for hours on end. Um, so only then did she start to see that or start to suspect that maybe she wasn't what was wrong with the situation. Yeah. And no, her relationship wasn't normal. This yeah. wasn't like something like the article said she talked to her sister and, and she was like, does this happen in your relationship? <laughs> and the sister was like, like no, 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 no. So at the end of the summer, the couple officially breaks up, which is great news. Nice. Uh, and so while Michelle was finally getting away from Ian, they still owned a home together and had a contentious legal battle over the property. Got it. Right. Wait, is Michelle the ex-girlfriend or the... The ex-girlfriend who gets arrested. Okay, wait, so who owns the house with him? Michelle and Ian own the house together. Then they break up. Angela's his new wife who's pregnant. 
I was not tracking this entire time. I thought you were telling me the story of how Angela. No, 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 no. Okay, sorry. So this was all Michelle. Michelle, the girl. I get it now. Because I was literally just about to ask you, like, did his ex-girlfriend see this kind of stuff? Right. Okay. So yep. This is what happens with the ex-girlfriend. These drinks are strong, guys. <laughs> so, so Ian winds up staying in the condo that he bought with Michelle. Uh-huh. And quickly he meets and marries someone else. Angela Diaz. Yes. Right. Mich- Michelle like sees Angela's name on some paperwork that has to do with the condo, but like doesn't think much of it. Right. Yeah. Cause she doesn't care. She doesn't care. She's broken up with him. She's doesn't want to get back together. She's with him. dealing with like just getting her money out of that. Yeah. Condo. So she doesn't think much of it until June of 2016 when she receives notice that Angela Diaz, her ex-boyfriend's new wife, has taken out a restraining order against her. Interesting. Michelle is super confused. She had never even met Angela. Yeah. A few weeks after the restraining order was issued is when Michelle is arrested in her driveway. Uh Uh-huh. And she's held without bond because as the Orange County District Attorney's Office stated, quote, we believe we have a true public safety issue. And if Michelle Hadley is not arrested, then Angela Diaz will eventually be raped or killed. End quote. Um, I'm sorry. Did they know about her history with Ian at all? Did uh, she tell them and they didn't believe her? So I, I don't know. My guess is that she like tried to tell them while she was in jail. Yeah. But he's um, a U.S. Marshal. But they're like, we have these emails. Yeah. He's a U.S. Marshal. He knows yeah. the, the law enforcement community. They're like, they tied her to these emails and this Craigslist ad. And also it's this pregnant woman coming to them saying, yeah. like, this has happened to me. So while she's in jail, Michelle's parents are furiously trying to come up with evidence to prove yeah. that their daughter did not orchestrate this online yeah. and IRL campaign yeah. against Angela Diaz. And apparently this wasn't hard. They pulled her school and medical records to show she'd been in class or in the hospital during times she was suspected of menacing Angela. Like in person or like, because like... I texted through all my classes. Yeah, I'm not sure. It, they didn't say, but like it seemed concrete enough. enough like, yeah. Because um, maybe there were phone calls. I don't know. Like, yeah, it, that it, makes sense. It, but it, 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 they made the point to say that like the cops definitely should have checked these things yeah. before arresting her. Yeah. Because it was very clear. Yeah. Like, oh, something else is going yeah. on here. So, but they, her parents would never know if that would have been enough to exonerate her. Because in September of 2016, Ian Diaz would come to the police and say that he suspected his wife of framing Michelle. (gasps) What? The last person you think is going to rescue Michelle. So Ian comes forward. Why? So according to the article by BuzzFeed, quote, Diaz, Ian Diaz told police that a miscarriage Angela claimed to have suffered in the spring of 2016 Mm -hmm. as a result of Hadley's torture was... There was no such thing. It was an abortion he'd encouraged <gasps> her to have, allegedly what? because she wasn't sure who fathered her baby. Her what? next pregnancy was also a lie, Diaz told them. She'd bought sonogram photos online oh and, my God. and doctored a at-home pregnancy test to fool him. When he learned the truth, they separated. Authorities would later say Angela faked checks, jobs, doctor's notes, and cancer too. The week after Ian Diaz came forward... Michelle Hadley said Richard Zimmer, an Orange County deputy district attorney, reached through cell bars to shake her hand and apologize. She was released while investigators shifted their attention to Angela, end quote. 
I'd be like, I need more than a handshake. Yeah. I'm going to need a check for one million dollars. I'm gonna need more than one million dollars. Honestly, so much. Also, if you're going to apologize, please do it after I'm out of the bars, not while I'm still in there. It means nothing if I'm still locked away. Bananas. So I don't know who to believe. Okay, just like, do I think Angela did it, or do now I think that Anne is framing Angela, uh, or both? Just okay. Okay. Don't worry, your pretty little head. So it would take until, so this is September 2016, it would take until January of 2017 for the police to arrest Angela Diaz, citing evidence that the threatening email she received had come from the IP address she shared with her husband, a computer at her father's house, and her personal cell phone. Sounds like she did it. I'm in marketing. I pull potential clients' IP addresses all the time it's not hard like yeah the fact that all of these threatening emails were coming from ip addresses at places uh, angela diaz lived or frequented yeah and yet no one no looked one into did that, that before they were just like oh michelle hadley at gmail.com must probably be her. her michelle hadley 87 at gmail like it, no that is crazy who signed that warrant and and so there's a lot more in this article if you read it about like yeah about how how nutso that is how, like they overlooked so much because of like their knowledge of who ian diaz yeah. was and just it's egregious like it feels like law and order is super unrealistic because they need all these specific things to get warrants. And so in my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, in real life, they must need like real hard proof to get a, an arrest warrant. Doesn't seem like it. It, I, and yeah, it's <sighs> just like how embarrassing if this had actually gone to trial, like, you know, her defense yeah. would have like looked up those IP addresses and how and embarrassing like, would that uh, have been? You're dumb. Okay. So. In October of 2017, Angela Diaz pled guilty to 10 felony charges and was sentenced to five years in prison. However, there are many people, including Angela Diaz's lawyer, who think that the failure of the Anaheim Police Department to investigate what role Ian Diaz had had in this is a serious problem. Yeah. Here's a very interesting, I think one of the most interesting things about the story. So now that she knows what it's like to be incarcerated, Michelle Hadley doesn't want Angela Diaz to spend any time in prison yeah even though like even though she framed her for all this right and she says that she believes now that prison should only be reserved for quote the worst of the worst like Ian Ian Diaz she considers him to be the worst of the worst but like even this woman who made her spend months she doesn't need jail she needs a therapist she so Michelle came out of this experience okay Okay. So yeah, since yeah. she was exonerated, Michelle has received her MBA and has a successful marketing career in New York. She and her lawyers are pursuing a civil lawsuit against the Anaheim Police Department, yeah. citing their allegiance to Ian Diaz, who you'll remember mm-hmm. was a U.S. Marshal, um, saying that that blinded them to the reality that she yep. was being framed. She credits her experience with waking her up to the realities of her own privilege. She talks about, because she's like middle class, white. Yeah. She talks about like one of her cellmates and how like she could tell that like this woman was like had mental issues and like was not receiving adequate legal counsel because of her socioeconomic status. Yeah. And so Michelle like begs her parents to 
pay for a lawyer Dang. for her cellmate and like has taken this experience and she's like my parents and I just were like going about life thinking that yeah. our criminal justice system was fair and now have like completely different yeah. opinions and she remains committed to helping like many people she met in prison yes. receive like better legal counsel and mental health services um but that is the story of Michelle Hadley. And I could not believe that. Dang, that's nuts. It's like this happened so recently. Right. Right next to us. That's insane. Yeah. So what happened to Ian? Uh, so as of now, he, well, as of He's when I read this about. article, like he had not been charged. Like there's part of me that I would easily believe that he had helped Angela yeah. frame Michelle. But I'd also like believe angela did it on her own and still think ian is a terrible person yeah, who belongs exactly in jail. So whether or not he helped her he's abusive not yeah um but yeah yeah i hope she gets a fat payout yeah seriously because like she so she had like a pretty good career here in orange county and uh-huh. she's like i have to leave i have right. to go and no one will hire her right and so she went to new york because that's like where her sister lives yeah. and she talks about in the article like she'd apply for different jobs and people would be like, you're not like they'd Google her and they'd be like, yeah. you're not this Michelle Hadley. Right. And yeah, she'd have she's to be like, like uh, cause also like on her resume. That, yeah. There's, there's like, a big gap, there's a big gap. And she's like, Oh, I was wrongfully imprisoned, which is like, so makes me so infuriated because it's like, she's still, mm-hmm. it has all of these, words are not very good for me right now because i want to say consequences but that implies like guilt so she's like she didn't do anything Mm -hmm. she was incarcerated wrongfully and then like cool yay she's out now got you know justice or whatever but there's still all of these things that happen after that that totally affect your life It, it altered the course of her life irreparably yeah yeah it was, seriously read, read the buzzfeed article by jessica testa it's like a long form article there's so much nice. detail in it it sounds like she's got a really good lawyer who like who's like now it's your turn to tell what happened yeah like i think that i hope that she goes on to like set the world on fire because seriously. like talking about her experience in prison she's like i had no idea like i didn't yeah. know that this is what we do to people um so yeah michelle hadley girl, yeah 2020 so Dang. moral of today's stories is um why men great till they gotta be great exactly and get out of if someone is causing you like listen to your gut talk to your friends don't be isolated from the people that matter to you if your friends or your family are saying something's wrong something's wrong listen and even if like you don't believe them if you think no it's fine nothing's wrong just honor them by taking a step back mm-hmm. and take a look at it. If they're wrong, you get to prove them wrong and say, I told you so. If not, no harm done. And any guy or girl or whomever, yeah. uh, like wants, who wants to be with you, like should treat you with respect and shouldn't manipulate you Yeah, and should not make you feel scared or unsure right. of your safety in any way, emotionally in or any way or sexually. Right? It's a heavy episode. It was a real heavy episode, but I feel like it was an important yeah. one. Um, if just like one person listening to this is like, even this thinks about their mm-hmm. situation and analyzes it. Worth it. Worth it. Um, please follow us on Instagram. On Instagram. At Lightweight True Crime. Email us with 
questions or if you need help or if you have stories or whatever at lwtruecrime at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe to us on Spotify. Leave us a five-star review um, on Apple Podcasts where you can find us. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on all the things. And we got to do a detox question. Oh, gosh. I totally forgot about that. Do you have one? Um, Yeah, I looked okay. one up. It wasn't very good, but okay. whatever. Good. We'll make it good. Yeah. Okay, so if you could cut one thing out of your daily routine, what would it be? Ooh, by the way, sorry, if you're new to us, um, detox oh, yeah. is where we detox from the horror, which we especially need today. Lots of, of horror. what we've been talking about as well and as our drinks. from our drinks. If, you, if I could cut one thing out of my routine, um, I, I like getting ready, like doing my hair yeah. and makeup and just like have like snapping my fingers and having it be done. Yeah. So I'm transitioning right now, as you know, from like working at home for the last yeah. year and a half to... Um, like a big, well, it was, I, my last job was an a big girl job. job, an in-person job. And I'm out of the habit of yeah, putting doing makeup that. on. And now I'm like, wow, this takes forever. Yeah. Um, and is a lot of work. That's good. Also, but funny story. I got my makeup done recently. Oh, nice. Um, before my party. And uh, the you other got day, your makeup done for your girl, party. You no, know I Dang. did. Um, and it was funny because like <laughs> I've used so much less product this last uh-huh. year because I'm not getting ready yeah. every day. And my makeup artist was like, do you not wear mascara? And I was like, no, I do. But like, I work from home, so I don't wear makeup every day. And she was like, your eyelashes are like men's eyelashes because they're like so long and full yeah. because you're not putting mascara <gasps> on them every day. And I was like, what? Why That's do, a thing. Why do men have everything good? Um, so apparently wear less mascara. Yeah. And uh, your lashes will come in fuller. Dang. Wah, wah. So Emily, what would yeah. you cut out of your daily routine? Honestly, <sighs> I think I would cut out showering, mm-hmm. which I love taking a nice hot shower in the winter, but it just feels like I don't have time for it. Like I'm constantly like dreading showering because I'm like, okay, it means I don't get to do my nails or it means I'm going to have to stay up 30 minutes longer. Yeah. Or it means running after a small yeah. human trying to keep him out of yeah. something that could hurt him. And it's like, I always shower on the days when Ryan works at night. So I'm like, okay. I could finish watching Law and Order SVU mm-hmm. or I could take a shower because my hair is super greasy. I get that. I get that. So I feel that. All right. Well, um, if anyone has any way to help us figure out how to cut those things out yeah, of our day. Seriously. And don't say dry shampoo because I've tried dry shampoo and it works for like half the day, but it's not enough. I'm really sorry to hear that. It's fine. My thoughts and prayers are with you during this Thank difficult you. time. It's really hard. Um, until we talk to you next week. Cheers. giant one pound don't let me forget bar of chocolate when i'm we're done with this one i gotta put my laundry in the dryer okay amber bring, needs it bring us those uh is trader joe's okay? toffee is this cord in things your way? no okay